Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Yeah, welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. Got a former Navy SEAL on the show today. Ephraim Matos, how are you, buddy? Doing good. Good to see you again. I gotta, I gotta drop my voice down when I say that. You know. Yeah. I gotta get real intense with it. Yeah, absolutely. We had a, we had a Navy SEAL on the show today. Yeah, I have, I have the weakest voice ever, so I'm always like trying to go down. A Why of is that? Why is that? Usually, Why Navy SEALs are loud <clears throat> as shit. Hmm. Um, we've had what 80 on this show. You think? <laughs> what, what do you reckon, D'Anthony? Uh, 80. Yeah. Probably. Uh, 80. Ray Cash Care. You know, super in your face. Hey, fuck you! Did you make your bed today? Yeah, no. did you Ephraim? No, I did not. Yeah. I stayed at a hotel. Good, no. good. No. I like that. Yeah, yeah, we don't, yeah. we don't do that either. Making your bed yeah. is one of the most pointless things you will ever do in your life. Well, it is isn't it? Yeah, you know? it's it's come, it's nice to come home to. I'm I'm glad my wife does it. No, uh, I I, I enjoy it. Why? Uh, but for you, it's you you get to come home to a, a freshly made bed. Some maid will do that tonight for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In yeah. Austin, Texas. There you go. I don't you know, know. They're not perfect. really servicing the rooms like they used to before uh, COVID. Man, can we pl- can we pandemic. fucking rage about that? Because you're right. And now you have to call down and ask, oh, sir, would you like rooms? Yes, motherfucker. I want the it's, room clean. It's what it is. It's, it's free. It's shrinkflation inside of the service economy, right? Yeah. It's like they had they found some kind of semi-legitimate excuse to stop doing the work that they were getting paid for yeah dude and now they're just not gonna do it again it's bullshit is what it is and uh i don't need you to come on you like service yes service the room i want 90 towels Mm -hmm. stack them as high as they'll go like that's that's why i'm giving you money i want to dry off each body part individually and then throw that towel in the corner well i pound it off eight nine times a day if i'm in a hotel (laughs) just out of boredom sure so there's towels all over the place yeah 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 and you're gonna need that um so yes stop doing this bullshit and then the tipping thing obviously we we've already you know raged against that already but man we're over the COVID. Th- yeah, you touch the sheets, touch the clothes, mm-hmm. lick them. Go, go full Rudy Gobert. Start licking all the things. You know I what expect I'm uh, if I'm so whenever I do pound off in the hotel, which is pretty much always, um, I leave the door cracked. Right. Hoping that you the know, maid, will, the come maid in. will come in. And then if she comes in and fucking watches, then I will tip her. Have you ever had a hot maid at a hotel ever in your entire life? Not once. Me no. neither. Not once. No, Have I ever a, seen one? The last couple of times it's been dudes. Really? Yeah. Like in Daytona. That's right, dude. dude. Yeah, it was a dude. He kept trying to talk to me. I'm like, no, I'm not into this. Well, he was a huge fan of yours. Uh, You know that, right? Yeah. Okay. Because he came up to the door and was just like, holy shit. Oh, no, no, no. Not that guy. That guy was cool. Okay. That's the front desk guy. No, the guy that was patrolling the hallways. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a dude. Yeah. Like, Hmm. do whatever you want in your life. I know. It's fine. It's fine. It's it's just unusual, but I've never actually seen one hot maid where you're like oh all right and if i ever see a porn where there's one it's fake where you're just like that's not a real thing fucking next one next video let's move on with our lives because that's not fucking real we should start our own hotel fair enough where the maids are hot and they come jack you off well they tried to they tried to do that out in vegas it was called hooters hotel bob does hooters hotel still exists yeah it's still there it's still there no shit well i mean the building's still there Okay. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's still operational. Because next time we go out to Vegas over there, I'd like to have those wings and then gamble for a little bit and just see what the whole vibe is. But I yep. think they, they switched it up, right? It, there's It's kind of uggos now well, Hooter, and shit like that. Hooters is going to rebrand. Are they? 
they said that people don't care about titties anymore, so they're going to do something else now. You're kidding. It's buttholes. Yeah. Is it going to be buttholes? It's just going to it's going to be called buttholes. B U T T L E apostrophe S. I like that. I like that. It's uh that's a street in downtown Columbus, Ohio named Buttholes. Um right down in the short north. So, yeah, dude, let's well, do it. Well, the short north is where dudes get plowed, so. It sure is. <laughs> How did you know that? Uh, you told me when we were there. <laughs> That's right. Four yeah. years ago. Oof, yeah, man. It's a big butthole town. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, is it still alive? Yep. We got it. Hooters Casino no Hotel way. in Las Vegas. Shit, so what dude. do you just order wings to the room or what? That would be a dream. Is my wife still here? Is she over there? Yeah. yeah. Wings to the room. That, I think that's her dream. If you could get fresh, hot wings to your room, that's it. That's that's as good as life. Gets. I think you can get that pretty much anywhere in Vegas, though. Not good wings, though. Not good wings. That's a that's a different story. I love the wings at Hooters, so I'm all in. If those came hot to the room, because usually, if you have you ordered takeout wings, I know we weren't going there today, but we mm-hmm. should. Takeout wings suck because you can't get them home fast enough. Yeah, to, they're cold and soggy. Well, and suck. Yeah, you got yeah, yeah. to no toss them in the air fryer. Mm-hmm. That's the solution. Does it work? Oh yeah, we don't time. have one. About. 12 minutes in the air fryer. Oh, you got to get an air fryer. Okay. You have to. That's what everybody says. To. I got yeah. I got one for my mom for Christmas. I yeah. think she's used it. It's science. I've been putting everything in there. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. what everybody it's says. Great. My dog died. Put put him in the air fryer. Boom. Back to life. To life yep. And he's six years younger. Yep. Yeah. Every <laughs> single time. Uh, from last time you were here, we talked about Burma a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, about Rambo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that discussion on yeah. Rambo? Yeah. Um, Wait, what did he say? Rambo. No, no. Uh, what did Ephraim what say about no, Rambo? He called him a fucking pussy, and he said he could kill him. Well, Stallone so like, right. is like fucking three feet tall, so that's not a big deal. He's not in the movie, though. <laughs> no. In the movie, he's taller. But what did Sly say in the movie? Sly. Uh, in, in the movie Rambo? He's a, I don't remember. Guns? I don't remember which one. Oh, you don't remember the, the no, one? No, no, no. You're taking any guns? You're taking any guns? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! You're, you're taking any guns? You're not going to do any? Yeah, you're not going to make any difference? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fair. We're That's just fair. trying to make a difference, John Rambo. That's all we're doing is Son trying to make a, a fucking difference out there, dude. And that's all you're <laughs> That's doing. That's right. You're trying to make a difference That's out right. in the world. That's right. You're helping people. That's right. Through That's the goal. humanitarian efforts. Uh, what are you doing these days? Yeah, yeah. So I actually just got back from spending four months in Burma. Uh, I'd spent uh, basically been there since the beginning of uh, of November. And uh, my organization, Stronghold Rescue and Relief, we've been setting up uh, jungle ambulances um, and doing a bunch of stuff to help uh, basically protect refugees and people who are under attack, um, just doing some, uh, I guess we call it like basic advising and setting up um, early warning communication systems. Because so, so the central Burma army, right, they're the, they're the ones who control the government. They are the government. Um, and just like in the movie. Just like in the movie. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Just like in the movie. And uh, so they're going around raping, murdering, killing everybody. And uh, the entire country is in uh, total revolt right now. So tons of genocide, all that kind of stuff happening. And uh, so we're out there um, near the front lines, not always on the front lines, but near the front lines, um, basically trying to help the locals and the uh, local civilian leaders to figure out, okay, how can you protect civilians? How can you uh, keep them from getting hurt? And then we also bring in, um, like I said, a lot of radios and things like that. So um, the so the locals can communicate when these when these attacks happen because they happen at random. These there's airstrikes that come in. There's all kinds of stuff. Actually, just uh, yesterday, an airstrike in a village that we normally work in. Um, the Burma Army bombed it three times. So they bring in fighter jets and they're they're dropping bombs on um, you know uh, civilians ban- on civilians on civilians bamboo huts. 
And uh, so yesterday, most of the civilians, they're able to run away because they hear the aircraft coming, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're able to get in the jungle. Um, but then what happens is like you have, you have like old folks or people who are injured and they can't get away. And so yesterday there was actually a, a 70-year-old man uh, in this village. The Burma Army dropped three like 500-pound bombs on these you know bamboo huts. And uh, this old man was, was wounded. And then it took like... I don't, I don't know the exact amount of time, but it probably took like 16 hours or so, maybe 16 hours to get him to like the next level of care. But as they were moving this guy through the jungle, uh, they had to cross, uh, they had to go down a river, cross a lake, all this stuff, have this guy in a boat. And this is like, a, this is a frail old man trying to get him to this clinic. <clears throat> How old is he? 70. Okay. 70 year old guy. And uh, he's, you know, he's got, he's peppered with shrapnel and stuff in his side. And, uh, so when they got him across the lake, um, our team, our stronghold guys were actually there, the local, uh, tribe guys that we work with. We have an ambulance there and they were able to get this guy packaged up. Um, we had a, a PA as well there, uh, physician's assistant and got this guy transported him several more hours to get him to, um, a clinic that's being run by another organization. They do great work. And then I just found out this morning that guy had heart failure, uh, from, from the injuries and the clinic that we um, or that that we drop our patients off at had to basically cut this guy open from uh, basically to get access to his heart and uh-huh. uh, help him help him. I don't understand. I'm not a, not a medic, but um, yeah. And then they had to use equipment that we had purchased that Stronghold had purchased for this organization um, several months ago to do anesthesia on this guy in the middle of the jungle in like a tent. And they're they're running these highly complicated surgeries out there. So um, the point is like there's this there's no there's no medical infrastructure. People are being attacked, raped, uh, blown up, all this stuff. And there's no medical. And so uh, for the last four months, we've been there, um, really advising on that and getting a bunch of stuff set up. And I just got back a few weeks ago, and yeah, so I'm not here. Why doesn't the media report on on any of this? Because I, if you weren't on the show today, I never would have heard you, no one idea. single fucking word about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's tough because you know there's so many conflicts going on around the world, right? You have all of Africa. Now there's one. Yeah, there's, Ukraine. Yeah, that's there's it. Ukraine. Exactly. That's it. That's all. That's the it's only one Ukraine. that people know about. That's all. Exactly. That's all that's going on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean I I don't know why people don't necessarily uh, report on these specifically, but I think you know so Burma is not the most important geopolitically, not the most important place geopolitically, right? Um, just like a lot of the conflicts that happen in Africa or Haiti or South America, they're not the most important places, so they don't get tons of attention. But um, but that's why we work there, right? That's why we go there. That's why we um, that's why we go and work in these places because there just isn't a, a bunch of attention there. And, that's what we we trying to we try to fill that gap as much as possible. Got to get Tim yeah. Tebow in there. He does sur- he did brain surgery on somebody. He did. He also uh, made sorry, a kid what? walk. Yeah. Are you familiar with Tim Tebow? I, I know popular Tim college Tebow is. Uh, football quarterback. I know who he is. Yeah. Actually, took down the Ohio State University for a national championship. <laughs> I was at the game. Yeah. He did. Nice. What was it? Two thousand nine. Uh, eight, I believe. He did. Uh, he did brain surgery in, in Costa Rica or something. He shit. sure did. It? Yeah. Brain surgery there. Um, so my mom, my mom had called because I'm super young. She had called and uh, and did the make a wish thing with him. So I got to throw footballs, and uh, I got up right out of my wheelchair and caught the ball. Tim did that. Uh, okay, but, gotcha. well, I mean, also I, I had no reason to be in a wheelchair, uh, <laughs> but he still, I you know, I the the pass went high. Obviously, that's, that's what he was known for. But uh, yeah, I did, I did get up and, uh, yeah. and do it. Yeah. But I felt powerful and strong and everything else. Mm-hmm. 
maybe if you bring him over there, you could save that entire country. And just, I'm again, spitballing, mm-hmm. just throwing out some ideas. Well, there. that's why I'm here. I'm here to make a plea to Tim Tebow to come. To come sure, help do you want to look in that yeah. camera? Yeah, just look in that camera. Right, where am I? Tim Tebow camera? over there. there. All right, hey. perfect. Yeah, say Tim, Tim Tebow, we need you. Yeah, we need well, you. <laughs> through Christ, say Tim, I know through Christ anything is possible. And if you help me out, I, we can save all these Burmese. Yeah, is you, it Burmese? Uh, so. No, it's not so okay so burma is called uh it's called burma right now but it's also called myanmar and so there's a lot of different ethnicities so burmese is like technically like a, a specific ethnicity okay um so is you it would white? Just, it would be like no, calling <laughs> uh, the united states white people yeah something like that it's so let way is practiced right that's where what let way where they like headbutt people the fighting style in myanmar headbutt people yeah oh i think that's part of their uh yeah they have like they have like a muay thai Tradition. thing that they got going yeah, on yeah. yeah but they're allowed to, yeah you're allowed to headbutt well, how do you yeah, refer yeah, yeah. to that's somebody from Myanmar though Myanmar that's, you know, that's, that's a great question I have no idea me and, me and Marnese, no idea. dude yeah. but, but everybody everybody that doesn't support the government for the most part everybody still calls it Burma uh, because the the military dictatorship they're the one that renamed it to Myanmar mm, so everybody okay. just sort of has like a point of uh, of resistance usually refers to it as Burma. Not everybody, but most, most do. Okay. Yeah. I don't have an answer for that. That's you should. Yeah, 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 yeah. You should definitely, before you come on a podcast, have yeah. that answer. But exactly. Uh, I don't think cool. anybody knows. No. no nobody really I don't think, knows. I don't think they know. That's the thing you could ask them. Like, what do you guys call yourselves? And they're like, I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, it's one of those countries where you kind of forget about it because mm-hmm. there's been conflict for... How many fucking years now at this point? Well, basically, World War II never ended there. Yeah, it's World not War II's been going yeah, on. It's been going yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for 70 years now yep. at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, you wonder to yourself, all right, well, how do you fix this? Mm-hmm. What are the answers? Right. Well, what's the answer to fix it? Mm-hmm. Well, so. New political party, new government. No, so, so basically, what has to happen is in this particular situation, the entire system has to be dismantled. And so it's, it's, uniquely, it's a uniquely challenging situation because it's not, it's not a. Uh, a political problem necessarily it's a it's an oppression problem so you have the gov- the government in and of itself is the military so it's not like elected officials who are abusing their power to use the military to like silence opponents it's like no the general general Miali, he's he's the dude who's in charge like he's in charge and um so he is the the president if you will right so it's a so you have to defeat you have to defeat the army in order to be able to set up any kind of political uh, any sort of legitimate political structure. So it's gotcha. Yeah. It's and a, you guys aren't helping out in any of that whatsoever. You're just simply helping the people. Yeah. So we're helping the people. We will provide medical care and things like that on the front line. Like, don't be wrong. So we get bombed, we get shot at, um, just over the last few months, I've been shot at a bunch. I've been mortared a bunch, but it's when we're up at the front lines, providing medical care and, and getting people out of there. Yeah. Cause one would imagine, uh, the Burmese army, if you will, is mm-hmm. an amp to see, uh, some white men there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah they'll kill us 100%. They'll kill us if they see us. Okay, gotcha. Call, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. What do they call white people there? Uh, is it well, still honkies or no? No, no, no. So the, the tribe we work with, the Karen tribe, their, their word for white people is Kalawa. Oh, Kalawa. what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. just means white person. Literally, that's kind of literally that's, white that's person. A, that's a lot better than gringo or honky or yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. take that. What does yeah. gringo that's not mean? Bad. Gringo means other or something. No, it means it? white. Uh, mm-hmm. It means you're... That's Blanco. Homeboy. No, no. That's the slang. That's the slang for a white man is gringo. No, I understand that, but what does it actually mean? Uh, the U.S. military wore green coats when they were marching through Mexican territory, and uh, the Mexicans would say, green go home. These words eventually got meshed together to gringo. There you go, Bob. Look, no Look at that. Look at that, That's actually Bob. very fascinating. Yeah. yeah, isn't it? I'm like, 
Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, huh, so interesting. When you come here, uh, we're not just podcast hosts; we're also mm-hmm. educators. Yes, naturally, so you, you can take yeah. something home with you. Perfect. Put that in your pocket and use it whenever you want. Yeah, I mostly educate. I'll tell the people in Burma because that's what they're most yeah. concerned please about. Do. They yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. Please yeah. do. I mostly educate the yeah. homeless. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I go downtown and I yell at them about Jesus all the time, <laughs> all day long. Not uh, that he's coming back, but that he's not coming back because you're homeless and exactly. you're upsetting him. He's got uh, <laughs> like a karaoke setup with oh, yeah. one mic, one amp, and then he'll kind of scream at them about Jesus. There you go. Uh, for hours. So Dan's that guy. There you go. Uh, you were here, what, a year and a half ago? No, it was like three years ago. Holy well, shit. Well, it, was beca- it was like, right, it was right before COVID hit, man. We yeah. do so like many right shows that it seems like I just saw you an hour ago. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, I know. hey, good. It's like, oh, yeah, what's up, man? Yeah. When you walked in, I didn't know your name, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anybody's names. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just remember, I was like, all right, sweet. And it was, I was like, uh, March the 4th, 2020. God damn. Yeah. Has so it's been that long. Yeah. yeah so three years. About March 21st right three now. Three years. Yeah. Holy shit. Isn't that crazy? Uh, and you're still working there. And yeah. You're still yeah, alive. yeah. Yeah. I, somehow. Somehow. That's nuts, dude. Yeah. The metal Do you have keeps like a Captain me. America shield or anything? Uh, I don't have a Captain America shield, but I also need to get one. Yeah, Part of the yeah, reason I'm in the U.S. is I need, I, need to, I need to buy one. Yeah, we, yeah. We, can, we can hook you up with a guy yeah. okay. downtown. Perfect. There's a van. It's awesome. If you need a, a, yeah. a pit bull, too, like a young pit bull, we can get that as well. They say mm. it's a pet pit bull, but by the time it's fully grown, you can tell it's a mutt. Yeah, it's a mutt. It's definitely <laughs> But it's still mutt. cute. I mean, it's still nice. You can you take that do? home with and you. Yeah. Pinch, you can Comfort eat that animal. Help with the PTSD. So for three years, you've been doing this over there. I'm assuming you're not married. No, I'm not married at the moment. Because no. nobody would put up with that. No, no one's no one's going to put up with that. That's the the struggle is real. It is. Yeah. And then yeah, how yeah. many months out of the year would you say that you're 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 there still? Well, so over the last couple of years, because of COVID, um, I wasn't due to COVID, right? Um, I wasn't able to get out there for a while. Um, and then I was in Ukraine, and then um, I was in where Africa. the real conflict is going on. Where the real conflict is going on. Yeah. yeah. Were you helping out people during the war? In Ukraine, mm-hmm. yeah, I was in I was in Kiev when the Russians were still um, advancing mean, on well, Kiev. One more, no, one more time for Kiev. it's it's Kiev, correct? No, it's not. It's Kiev, right? What? It's, you it's can the, answer it. You were there. Kiev is the Kiev. seat of the original Russian power, <laughs> it's, and it's, it's been Kiev. pronounced Kiev for nope. a fucking ten thousand so, 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 so years. So the so Rus- an answer. So the Russians call it Kiev. And well, the Ukrainians call it Kiev. I know, Kiev, yeah. Yeah. but but the yeah. Ukrainians are the Russians just from a thousand years ago. It's no. the same f- <laughs> fucking group of people. Sorry, I stand with Ukraine. Obviously. Who named the city Kiev? It's Kiev. No, it's Kiev. Not and at all. They're getting they their just faces made that, Kieved they, all over. You've never heard the word Kiev before a year and a half ago. No, no, no that's true. That no, that's true. I never is, heard the word Kiev before a year and a half ago. That is not true. Because no one that matters says it. That is not true. I just haven't cared about Ukraine for until a year and a half ago. I still don't care. Yeah. No, you're right. I don't care either. But the, it, it's something about Kiev that really hits home for me. Yeah, you like because, that. I can't describe yeah. it. It sounds dirty. It sure doesn't. It sounds like you're getting no. your chest keeved on or something. Yeah, well, look, if you get keeved all over, you get keeved all over. Yeah. Uh, how, long, how long were you in Kiev? Um, so I spent about a total, I, I want to say maybe six to eight weeks total in, in Ukraine. I think it was in Kiev for maybe three or four weeks of that. So when I was there, it was actually when the Russians stopped their advance. Um, again, because... I'm Rambo. Um, it's so, you. Yeah, it was 100% me. So the yeah, so the Russians were advancing. We were there helping prepare, uh, again, the medical situation. And then the Russians stopped and they started pulling back. And uh, so then I went down to um, Odessa because we thought at the time that that's where we thought the Russians were going to basically open up a second front in Odessa, do some sort of amphibious um, assault. So yeah, I was there for maybe, maybe two months. And then my team... Uh, I, I brought those guys in after I'd been there for about a month, and then they stayed, I think, all the way until like mid-May, and we're all the way up on the front lines, um, 
treating wounded and doing medical training, bringing in a whole bunch of medical supplies and stuff out in, out in the far, far east, out in Severodonetsk and stuff like that as it was being attacked. How bad is it? The war? Yeah. Uh, it's horrible. So, okay, so I'll give you, I'll give you one quick story. When I, so, like I said, I was in Kiev when the Russians stopped and when they pulled back. So we were actually staying in a, uh, in a house provided to us by a, a wealthy Ukrainian, and they just let us stay in their, in their place. Um, and we had been told that the wife of this family, she had told us that her mother, who has Alzheimer's, was in an area called uh, Bucha, which was a part of Kiev called Bucha, which was occupied at the time by the Russians. And so when the Russians stopped and they pulled back, um, Ukrainian forces went back into that particular neighborhood and um, you know started liberating it. But that's when the first m- major massacres had been, had, had been found. And so they and we, we well, were when seeing. You, when you uh, pardon interrupts here, mm-hmm. but uh, when you say major massacre, how many people would you say died? Hundreds, and I'm talking like civilians. So they okay. were they were dragging civilians out in the street, stripping mm-hmm. them naked, shooting them in the head, burning the bodies, raping the women. The mother of the and lady. This is the Russian soldiers. This is the Russian soldiers gotcha. doing this to Ukrainian civilians, just in like a suburb of Kiev. Okay. And um, so then we found out that the mother of uh, of the wife who's. Of, of the family that was letting us stay in their house. Um, she was found, uh, from what I understand, naked, shot in the back of the head. And keep in mind, this is like a 70 or 80-year-old lady with Alzheimer's. And all the people from that old folks' home, the Russians had pulled them all out into the street and massacred them all in the middle of the road. And there were bodies, uh, naked bodies, just stacked on top of each other. The Russians had done this right before pulling out mm-hmm. and uh, burned burned a lot of the bodies, obviously uh, raped a lot of the women. And just so the images and stuff that we saw uh, were unbelievable. I, I didn't go personally see it. The, the the Ukrainians were keeping it completely sealed off from from outsiders, which is t- totally understandable. Um, but yeah, so that was the beginning, right? That was just how things started. And yeah, the, the war um, obviously got much, much more violent um, uh, in the East mm-hmm. and whatnot. Another quick story. So I wasn't there for this. This was uh, two, of the, two of the guys on my team. They had moved forward into a place called Severodonetsk, which at the time the Russians and the Ukrainians were fighting over. They were staying in an old Soviet bunker underground, and there was actually like a mural of Lenin, not Stalin, Lenin, a mural of Lenin John on Lennon. the wall. Yeah, John yeah, Lennon. Yeah. yeah, from the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's, he's the big mural of him on the wall. And um, so they were staying down there with these soldiers for several days, just training them. And so my guys, they messaged me and they're like, hey, man, can we, can, can we pull back? Like, we're going we're gonna to get killed if we stay out here. Can we pull back? Are you okay with that? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Totally your guys' call. You know the situation. Pull back and, um, you know, whatever. Leave the medical supplies, but get out of there. I think 24 or 48 hours later, that position was completely overrun by Russian troops. And um, we got reports that um, Russian soldiers with night vision goggles, so you know, special forces or whatever might've been Spetsnaz. I don't know, but Russian forces with uh, night vision goggles went into that same exact bunker bunker where those guys had been uh, sleeping. They went in there and killed everybody. So yeah, our guys had, had they stayed there 48 hours longer out of a sense of pride or something, you know, very, very high likelihood they would have been killed. So very violent, very dynamic, um, very different than any kind of war that um, most American veterans have have ever been involved in. So again, my hats off to all the all the guys that are going over there and are helping. I, I truly truly nothing but respect um, because it was a situation that I looked at and I was thinking, man, like I I don't I don't I, I don't know if I have the courage to get, to go up there and get in the trenches. Um, so yeah, so it's it's a it's a very very different very violent war because you're also dealing with two different armies that are roughly equally matched um, technologically and numerically roughly. 
And so what happens is like, you just have massive amounts of casualties. The, the American military, we're used to doing what's called asymmetrical war, warfare, where we completely dominate our enemies, right? We outnumber them. We have way better technology than them. We just swarm them because we know where they're at and we just, you know, crush them. And there's no chance for them to even resist really. This is totally different. This is World War II style um, tanks firing on other tanks and trench warfare and all that. Yeah. Um, in your best guess, what do you think is going to happen over there and, and when will this end? Uh, my best guess, again, I, you know, it's hard to predict the future. I, I, I thought the country would fall in four days. You know, uh, obviously, I think are, we all they, did. Yeah, we all did. Yeah. So um, I'm not going to sit here and, and bet too much on my own uh, personal opinion. But I think that at some point a deal will be reached. I don't know when or you know how that's gonna how that's gonna play out um i think some sort of deal will be reached because the ukrainians don't have the strength to push the russians out and the russians <laughs> don't have the strength to take take the rest of the country so it's going to be a stalemate at some point you're going to have to sign some kind of peace deal the russians are going to continue to occupy eastern parts of ukraine that's that's my best guess uh, i could be totally wrong um but yeah because dan has said uh you know a few times in the show that this is going to go on for years and then right before we went on air you got an update of uh some weapons that are gonna head well, we're just, to the we're, country earlier yeah, than we're, expected we're speeding up the timeline on the patriot batteries and the tanks that were the u.s is mm-hmm. okay and they've already got leopard 2 tanks over there or at least on the way from poland so mm. We'll see how that goes. I mean, the tanks are going to be for setting a cordon on whatever the armistice line happens to be. I think I don't think there's going to be a tank offensive even the spring fighting season. That I don't. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me because Russia dominates the eastern Ukrainian airspace right now, right? And they're just going to light those tanks up. Mm. So that that would not be smart, I don't think. But they will get them in country and you know continue moving them east to a point where they meet resistance. I would imagine. Okay, we'll see. So. Uh, it's interesting that, that you're here um, because, you know, you hear Zelensky on every fucking American media outlets mm-hmm. uh, talking about what's going on in there and the massacres and all this other stuff. And yeah. people are saying it's true, it's false, it's true, it's false. But you can actually confirm that that, uh, that, that is what's going on over there. No, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I don't know where this weird narrative started that uh, I think it's honestly, I think it's probably a Russian propaganda narrative that it's that's all a lie and it's all, you know, that the Ukrainians are making stuff up. And no, I'm telling you, like, I, I saw the photos and videos right after they were taken um and you know people with tears in their eyes showing me their it's, dead family members on the side yeah, of the road it's and not like, very hard to oh, believe man. that russians are committing war i mean they have a, mm-hmm. their their military is inept they're not very good at doing war they were there i mean which, which was shocking to me well i, I mean was shocked, if yeah. you think about it the last time they fought a major one was world war ii right i mean they've, they've had conflicts all over including oh, vietnam and, well, they, afghanistan or afghanistan, afghanistan i mean yeah yeah, yeah. but that afghanistan had no air at all hmm and, and they dominated Afghanistan until we sent stinker missiles over there and started shooting those goddamn things out of the sky. But uh, Russia's military has been particularly good at sending in cannon fodder, right? Mm-hmm. They try to over they, they, they try to overwhelm you with an attrition war, but they can't do that against any kind of legit country at this point because they don't they're not they're not as technologically advanced as we are. Like we could America could roll through Russia pretty easily because we could wipe out. One, we would have Navy surrounding them, basically, mm-hmm. and just lot, you know, preparing the battlefield, and then we would have air superiority. So, uh, but yeah, Ukraine can't do that. But Russia sucks at fighting wars; they're terrible. They've always been bad at it. And for you, why do you keep going to these countries to help out people instead of 
staying home and just you know starting a new life here and uh, <laughs> and trying to figure it out. You seem like a guy who is constantly chasing these wars rather than hey, I did my time, I did my service, and now mm-hmm. I'm out on these wars. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm all good. Why do you think you keep chasing these around the world? Um, so, two comments on that. One is, um, I think the, the short answer is like I've seen too much, and I know the effect that one or two people with my background can have in in these areas where there's zero support. That's one. And the other thing is, uh, as far as like chasing it, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Like we we are, um, yeah, going where the going where the danger is, going where people need help, and that's why we go. That's why we go to these places specifically. Um, yeah, I just. Uh, when, when I was in, when I was in the the military, um, I was in Afghanistan, and I was in a situation where I almost had to shoot two little girls. And um, luckily, at the last second, I was screaming at them. I probably I was actually reprimanded later for not shooting them um, because they got pretty close to us and possibly had suicide vests on. So I, um, but I was I screamed at them and I got them. I got these two little girls to run away from me, so mm-hmm. I didn't have to kill them. And, uh, but I just remember after that experience, that was, that was actually only my second mission, my, only my second time ever outside the wire. I was in that, in that sort of situation. And I just remember thinking during my time in the military, man, like who's, who's helping, who's helping the, the sort of civilian side of this. You know, I know the American military, we, we do a lot of really good stuff to help out civilians and whatnot, but I just thought, man, like these poor little girls, they just, so they ran away from me back to basically back to the Taliban. And I'm like, they have no one helping them. It just kind of got me thinking about, what are what are some other ways and, and, and places that I could help when I get out of the military to to go and help? And then that's why I got out in 2017 and started Stronghold Rescue and Relief it was because, um, yeah, again, I just wanted to I've got one life to live, you know, and uh, I want I want to make sure that I maximize my time here on Earth, helping as many people as possible, because, I mean, what else? I mean, what else am I going to do uh, once 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 you've seen this stuff firsthand, once you've seen what's going on and then once you see like oh i can actually stop this or i can help this or i can provide medical care to this person or i can you know set up humanitarian aid in in these in these war zones specifically um you you feel guilty leaving honestly so like i like i said i just got back to the states a couple weeks ago um after four months in the jungle and uh when i you know when i landed back in the states there wasn't this feeling of like oh relief oh okay i'm I'm back everything's good it wasn't that at all i was like man I want to, I want to, I want to go back because, you know, there's, I'm still getting reports of, you know, pictures of, of patients and stuff like the, the guy I was telling you about just yesterday, there's more patients coming in they, they need, uh, now they need a, a, uh, a boat ambulance, right? So transport these patients across this, this lake and up these rivers and such. And so we're going back in a few weeks to uh, start setting all that up. Um, but I, you know, I have to come back to the States so I can obviously fundraise and, t- and tell people what we're doing and, mm-hmm. and raise support and all that. But, um, yeah, I guess, I sound like a broken record here, but yeah, again, once you've, once you've seen it, you can't, you can't unsee it. And, um, yeah, you can't just sit back on the sidelines. Got to get Conor McGregor to donate that fucking Ferrari boat or whatever. I know the thing looks sexy, dude. <laughs> you could do a lot of shit in that. Um, or the, uh, what, wait, what did we decide it was called? Airboat? Like the Ferrari airboat has Gator boats? that, uh, Burt Reynolds had. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. An airboat. airboat. Yeah, that's a that'd good be one. fucking dope. That's a good old fashioned airboat. That'd be that'd be fucking sweet. Uh, real quick, we got some sponsors that put this shit wagon on the air. First and foremost, GhostBed.com forward slash Drinking Bros. Biggest savings in the history of GhostBed. Forty percent off everything in the entire store with the promo code Drinking Bros at checkout. That is the mattresses. That is the sheets. The adjustable bases, the the weighted blankets, 
Everything is 40% off with the promo code DRINKINGBROS at checkout. Love the goddamn sheets. And uh, and also, there's no max on any of these things. So if you want to buy six sets of sheets or fucking 10 beds, whatever it is, put it in the cart. If they're going to offer this savings, take them to the fucking cleaners uh, is what I say. And uh, and get everything for 40% off with the promo code DRINKINGBROS at checkouts. Uh, the pillows are fucking incredible. They've got uh, three different versions of those now. They're all cooling as well. Um, and it's colder than the, the, the rest of the shit in your house. I don't know, really know how they do it. I know they got a patent on it and this cooling technology, but it is incredible. Uh, so go ahead and pile up the cart and use the promo code Drinking Bros at checkout for 40% off everything in the entire store. Now, if you want 50% off, you got to get that bundle package, dog. It's the adjustable base and the mattress combined together. The Split King, so I've heard, is the most popular option now. Apparently, a lot of people's partners go to sleep before or after them, and uh, that's going to come with two remote controls, and you can go all the way up or all the way down and control your own destiny. Uh, You can watch March Madness in the bed while your lover goes to sleep. Man or woman, we don't judge. Matter of fact, uh, being with a dude is probably easier these days. Uh, Make your own choice. Get a split king on there. I've had the uh, adjustable base for three years. Not going back. Huge fan of it. When you check out, you're going to see a three-year pay-as-you-go program. No interest as long as you have decent credits. Uh, And all the deals that I mentioned are applicable with that. So therefore, when you check out, you can get a brand-new bedroom set for about 20 bucks a month at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros next up we got mybookie.com promo code drinking bros doubles your first deposit all the way up to a thousand dollars recording the golf show uh next uh that's delco dan's dirty golf show and drinking bros sports making the picks here in a moment coming up uh we've had a lot of success in uh in picking winners this year in golf uh, that's been great. Obviously, March Madness is in full swing. And yes, we will be doing a live show for the NFL draft this year. And it's going to be huge odds on some of those draft picks. Got to look at that fucking kid from Georgia, man. I don't know where he's going to fall. It's going to be a ton of over-unders on that. Who's going to win it all this year uh, in the NCAA tournaments a lot of fun things to bet on over at mybookie.com again use that promo code drinking bros to double your first deposit all the way up to a thousand dollars it just makes life more fun when you got a little something on those games in the background helps you get through life go to mybookie.com use promo code drinking bros to double your first deposit and turn your love of sports into your new side hustle at mybookie.com. But yeah. when you when you came back, um, one would imagine that uh, you drove by a Taco Bell and you saw the Mexican pizza was back, and you're like, maybe I'll stay. Because <laughs> so, it's staying. It's going to stay on the menu. So I, okay. do you okay. really want to go back anymore when you have that option every well, day? Well, I mean, no? I'll, I'll take the recipe. I'll take the recipe with me back, and I'll ask the locals if they, can, the if, if they can make it out of rice. Not oh, they got got rice. version of Taco Bell. Oh, boy. What's that? <laughs> it's called dysentery. Yeah. It's, it's called, no, it's called, yeah, it's called jungle rat and, uh, and rice. That's uh, what it is. I mean, if you yeah, grind yeah, it yeah. up, who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah. Uh, but last yeah. time you were here, I had asked you about what your parents thought. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm, cause I've got two boys and yeah. if they wanted to do this over and over and over again, as a parent, 
I don't think I'd be able to fucking sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my parents are actually extremely supportive. Um, they're and they have been, you know, my, my entire life, even my time in the military. They actually went in and signed the papers for me when I was seventeen, so I could join early um, to join the Navy. And you know, they've been extremely supportive. And and my mother in particular. So actually, when I when I got shot in Iraq, um, I don't know if I told you guys this story or not, but when I got shot in Iraq. Um, I called my mom. I was in the ambulance. I was fine. Um, I just took a took a bullet through the calf. It was through and through. It was like everything's fine. But um, I knew that something could pop up on social media, and she might hear that I got shot, and she might think for an hour that I'm dead. Right. So I immediately call her, and uh, um, I tell her, "I was like, hey, mom, like everything's fine. Don't don't panic. It's all good. I just got shot in the calf, but I'm good." So her response, uh, without skipping a beat, she's like, "Oh, you got shot in the calf? Well, at least you didn't get shot in the bull." And I was like, "What?" And then I was like, oh, and then I, it took me a second to get the joke. She's like, at least you didn't get shot in the bull like, yeah. instead of getting shot in the calf. Mom, yeah. Mom, yeah. Mom, mom jokes. Like that, that was, that was my mom's first response. Like I'm on fentanyl right now, mom. I don't understand. I don't joke. understand a word. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're still cool with it to this day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously it's, it's tough, um, you know, going over there and, and, you know, again, like I said, we get bombed and shot at and all that stuff. We're not there to fight, but yeah. Um, but, but I mean, yeah, one of cool these days, right? Mm-hmm. You put yourself in this most danger on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Are you really expecting to make it out of all of this alive? Um, you know, honestly, I, what I told myself I was like, if if I live to be thirty, I'm probably I'll probably be able to make it for the rest of the for the rest of the time. Why is that? Uh, I don't know. Just something in my head. I was like, I'm either going to die before I'm thirty, or I'm gonna or I'm gonna be just fine. And so, luckily, I'm thirty now, so I'll be I'll be good. I think. Um, but also, too, with that being said, like in all seriousness, I. Um, do understand that, you know, eventually your, your number is going to, your, your, your ticket's going to get punched. Right. And so for me, it's like, I'm very, I'm very careful about what we do and make sure that if we're, if we are getting involved in a dangerous situation that it's for a reason. Um, and then I also, you know, do plan on hopefully in a few years, I don't know at what point if I do have a family and, and kids and all that stuff, kind of pulling back, um, significantly and taking more of a sort of high level managerial position, if you will, um, and, and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, in the meantime, yeah, it is a risk, but, it, but, the, but, but it's like, okay, yeah, you see like a little like eight year old girl. Like, so I just posted a video on our Instagram today. There's like of, uh, of, of people, it was last year of people in Burma getting shot at by the Burma army. So it's little girls, little boys and their moms running across this rice, rice field. They're getting shot at and they're screaming and they're panicking and they don't know what to do. And so, um, this is on your Instagram? Yeah, yeah, we just posted this on our on Stronghold Rescue Instagram today. Hey, Bob, do you want to bring that up on Stronghold Rescue? We can actually show the video. We're on Patreon today. Oh, sweet, okay. Yeah, so cool. we're able to show this. Um, Perfect. This is something we wouldn't be able to get away with on YouTube, obviously. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we'll Perfect. show it. That way, okay. at least the audience uh, can see visually what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and It's that second one there, I'm yeah. I'm surprised Instagram lets you post this. Have they ever well, taken so, so, any of this so, down? Uh, so this one in particular, no, there's nobody. Um, they, they didn't. They didn't take it down. But there's no. There's no particular violence. There's no blood. Nobody gets hit in this video. Okay. But it's 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 villagers running away, getting shot at, and so my my point is, you see this. You see these little seven year old, eight year old girls and boys getting shot at, and then you can't you can't sit there and go, um, well. You know, what about my, what about my Taco Bell? Right. Like your brain wouldn't do that. And, and, and you're, and you, and you as well. Like if you saw this in reality, like if somebody was trying to kill right. your kids, you're yeah, not yeah. going to be like, Oh, Taco Bell. Right. Sure. You're going to be, you're going to do, you're going to, you know, try to do whatever you can within reason to, to help them. And again, you can't chase it, right. You can't be chasing the action. So that's another thing too. I'm very careful with the personnel that we bring on because you do have guys 
you know, who uh, go Rambo, who want to go Rambo, but yeah. that's the thing. You don't go Rambo. Rambo is Rambo's a movie, man. Like you will get killed. You run around is out it? there. Is it, 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 it is. It, it seems it is. like it was pretty real to yeah. me. It's a, doc- like a documentary. documentary. Yeah. yeah. So, sort of a documentary. Almost like a doc. Uh, so play yeah. that video. Which one is it? The second one? Yeah, the second one, one okay, there. Play this yeah. video, Bob. Let's see this one. And I pop that up. So you hear the increased gunfire as they're running right now. Like these people are being targeted. It's like a little girl in a yellow shirt. This isn't a soldier. Why are they being targeted? Because they're ethnic minorities and they refuse to bow the knee to the Burma army. Okay. That's it. So why doesn't somebody go in and murder all of these people? Oh, one second. I want to point out something too. In this little video, that little boy there, yeah. he's holding a kitchen knife. You notice he has nothing on his back. He doesn't have a backpack on. He has nothing. He's holding a kitchen knife. This little boy. So in that, I don't know like the, the exact details on that situation. I didn't take the video. But this little boy was just pushed out of his village. His mom and his sisters are all about to get raped and murdered if they don't get the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. And all he can do, what, what, what's, what's the one thing he grabs? He doesn't, he doesn't grab his toys, he doesn't grab anything. He grabs a kitchen knife. To protect his mom to and To protect his, his mom and his sister. And he's sitting there. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you see that. And how can you not go back? How can you not help? How can you not be like, hey, man, put, put the kitchen knife away. I got you. Like, let me, I'll, I will help you. And I can't, I can't do all your fighting for you. That's not why I'm there. I can't fight for you. But I can provide medical support to the guys who are fighting for you, the freedom fighters. I can, you know, we can help provide reconnaissance. We can help evacuate wounded. We can do all of that. We can provide, we can get you to safety. We can get you food, humanitarian relief, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, uh, how old are you in real life? 30 in okay. real life. Just making sure because you do a lot of, in, of, in fictional of movies. Stuff. Yeah, 20, we, yeah, we need to know. Because yeah. you play younger, obviously, mm-hmm. but you're 30 yeah. in real life. Is there an yeah. age where you say, hey, I'm, I'm going to be tapped out of this? Because uh, we had a bunch of the Save Our Allies guys on mm-hmm. uh, who were over there helping out. And mm-hmm. uh, some of them came back and they were just like, shit, man, I'm fucking getting old to do this shit. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. there an age where you think you'll tap out of this where you're like, this is just too dangerous and I, I won't be able to to keep doing this forever? I don't think there's an age where the, where the danger will affect me so much. I think it's more just where I'm at in life. Like I said, if I, uh, if I do get married, have kids, things like that, if there is a way for me to sort of have a bigger impact you know, from a more of a managerial or high level position, I'll, I'll start to step back a little bit, but, um, yeah, I know, like, for example, I have no intention of continuing to do this when I'm 50. I'm not, you know, gotcha. yeah, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm under no illusions that my body will hold up that long, but in the meantime, okay, we, we do a lot of training we, and there's tons of younger guys, a lot of, a lot of guys getting out of the military. We get guys hitting us up every day on our, on our, on our, um, uh, on our on our website saying hey i'm going to come volunteer i'm going to work with you guys and that stuff we don't we don't take volunteers very very rarely do we take volunteers but the point is is um, i want to get the organization to the point where we can have a bunch of guys who are on payroll and who are able to go do this full-time younger guys and they're able to to go to go do this yeah so besides burma and ukraine mm-hmm. uh where are some other regions that you guys are helping out in right now um so we well we helped out a bunch in the afghanistan situation the afghanistan withdrawal of course a lot of people pitched were in you over there, there personally for that? no no i okay. never went over there personally no um 
And we're still helping out there a little bit. We're, we have a few more families that we're helping out, but then we're kind of uh, we're kind of done there. Uh, we actually just started done because it's over, and and all those people are out, or done because you're out of resources there, and it's done because we simply don't have the resources. And now also the Taliban is in charge. So if you try to start doing anything over there, now you're dealing with this weird you know, with this weird world of like, now you're working with the Taliban to like do any kind of humanitarian aid and stuff like that. Our organization is not nearly big enough to, to be able to navigate that. We don't have the- Or negotiate with the Taliban. Or negotiate with the Taliban or like, yeah, there's, the, so it's, it's, it's just, the situation is very much different. We have a few families, like I said, that we're fully committed to and we're going to get them out. But after that point, um, you know, the, the, the huge, you know, billion dollar NGOs, they, you know, they can, they can get in there and they have the resources to be able to, to, to kind of deal with that. Um, we actually just started working in October. Uh, we just started working in Africa, working in the anti-poaching world. So we're not there to stop like poaching. What we're there, so again, our, our focus is on dealing with conflict zones. So the conflict that we're helping out, um, helping the people out in, in, in Africa is with the, the poaching wars. And it's not just poaching, it's the uh, it's conservation stuff. So there's illegal mining and logging and, and a lot of it's backed by Chinese syndicates. <laughs> and so also with that, there's of course drugs and human trafficking. And there's this, it, it's, it's, all, it's all one big mess mm -hmm. that can happen. And so uh, we're over there working with, um, we just started this, we st we're starting working with um, park rangers and are helping them so they can, so they can make safe arrests, so they can uh, provide medical care, not only for themselves, but also for the communities who live in these national parks. Um, we're actually creating a curriculum right now that's specifically a medical training curriculum that's specific for park rangers because they're dealing with tactical situations. They're dealing with vehicle accidents. They're dealing with downed helicopters. They're dealing with, um, obviously, um, just animal trauma. Actually, when we were there, I was just in um, I was just in Mozambique in October, and while we were there, we were running a medical training class, you know, just basic medical stuff. And then we got a call that one of the rangers had been attacked by a black rhino, and so we had to. I sent two I sent two of my guys in a helicopter to go get eyes on the guy, and then myself and a South African tracker, we went in on on foot to help you know get this guy out. Um, the ranger ended up being okay. Okay, but that's that's one of the places that we're starting to work now. Yeah, is is in Africa, so it's totally new, um, totally new to us, but. Um, a lot of, lot of, a lot of people over there need help and it's a, it's a good place to assist as well. Gotcha. Yeah. It seems like with everything going on in the world, it would be difficult to cover this many regions and territories and help out with all this shit. Yeah. I mean, there's, so that's the thing, like there's a never ending need at any, any place that we go to and then all the places that we don't go to, right. Mm -hmm. There's so much, there's so much need that's out there. Um, so, but again, the fact that we are able to help in Burma and Ukraine and Afghanistan and, and Africa, um, it's all because we do have, um, we have like an ever growing group of uh, like, we call them micro donors or like, it's sort of like crowdsourcing. So we're a nonprofit and we have all these people who pitch in like a little bit every month. If uh, people ask, well, what's the best way to help financially? We just say, Hey, why don't you give, you know, 50 cents a day, right? So it's like 15 bucks a month, sort of like a Netflix subscription kind of thing. And um, that's what enables us to go out there and to, and to do all these things is because we have thousands of people who each just pitch in a little bit every month because there is, there is the need in Africa. Um, so we've, we're only in one country and there's, we've already, now that we've helped in that one country, there's already like three other countries <laughs> that have asked for our help. Yeah. Uh, not to mention we've got uh, a, a country down in the Caribbean is asking for our help. And do you mind uh, me asking which country it is? Oh, it's, it's, it's Haiti. Uh, okay. we have, yeah. We have some guys uh, gotcha. down in Haiti that have been asking for help. Because Haiti has been fucked for years. Dude, it point. is. And we were down there, I think a year and a half ago. 
I forget the exact timeline. I think end of 2021, I want to say we were down there again, setting up the medical stuff for the, for the Haitian police, because those guys are getting shot up all the time. Um, they have, again, there's zero medical support on, on any of this stuff. And so, um, they don't know how to treat civilians who are getting, uh, shot by the gangs. Obviously, you know, if you're a Haitian police officer, you get called to a crime scene, uh, a woman's been raped, uh, or someone's been uh, attacked or whatever. They they had they don't know how to treat these people. They don't know what to do because they don't have the training. They're very poor, um, and but they're very hardworking, very courageous, and they want to they want to help. Um, so we we go in and try to provide that service for free. Because if you try to bring in, you know, a private military company or something, it would be you know you have to pay everybody you know fifteen hundred bucks a day uh, to be there in these places and provide this kind of support. Yeah, yeah. my father had been to uh, Haiti in the eighties a few times, and uh, oh, really? he told me some stories um, later in life when I was when I was old. Older and mm-hmm. uh, I was like, "How bad was it?" And he goes, "Man, it's it, in the '80s. It was fucking awful. So I can't like it's been going on forever." But he said, uh, "Once you land, you pretty much have to hire at least two to four armed guards. Uh, they kind of go with you everywhere you go, mm-hmm. and uh, any type of business or anything that goes on there, you don't leave your hotel room. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you get food to the room and all that other shit." And I'm like, "God damn, is it that bad?" Yeah, and that yeah, was really in the is. '80s. And, yeah, and, and, I mean. It, if it hasn't changed since the 80s, like, will it ever change? <laughs> this is why uh, colonizing is a good thing. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Like, you teach people fucking foundational infrastructure and government. And then, you know, we, we have the ability now, since it's not empires doing it, to do that and then fuck off. Mm-hmm. You don't have to stay there and, and occupy the spot. But we haven't done shit for Haiti. I think I think the Haitian government was actually just asking for yeah. U.S. military intervention or something. Cause were they really? I think I think so, or they yeah. were about to officially ask for it or something. But yeah, the the um, the the Haitian government is right now, unfortunately, is um, almost it's almost a failed state. It's it's pretty much pretty much a failed state. You could argue if it is or if it isn't, because the gangs, for the most part, control the vast majority of Port-au-Prince, which is the main the main city there. Right. Yeah. So the gangs the gangs really are the ones who are in control. Um, and sort of how are sort of squeezing the, the government to death, sort of choking them off at this point. But also the gangs don't really want the government to go away because then they'll have to, you know, then they'll govern. have to the govern. And yeah, then that's they don't really want to do that. So, yeah, it's it's very, very chaotic situation. And, um, you know, we, we want to go to Haiti. When help. We want to go to help all these different places. The issue is just it's just a matter of being able to hire enough guys to be able to go and do it. Um, and so that just comes to like how much how much support do we have? Right. Like we're, we want to go put in this. This uh, it seems like it's endless. Thing. Yeah, it really is. It really is endless. Um, but the thing is, you know, what, what I always tell people when they ask, like, well, why do you why do you go to these wars? And I was like, war is never going to end. And I'm like, yeah, well, like you don't you don't fight a war to end all war. You fight a war or you go to these situations to purchase a limited amount of freedom for a limited amount of people for a limited amount of time. And then you got to go do it again. That's just the way that it works. And your job as a warrior, your job as a, a you know, a soldier, uh, not that I am a soldier anymore, but my job is to, um, to go there and basically just stand in the gap. And if you have enough people standing in the gap, you can build that wall to protect civilization and, you know, to, to greater or lesser degrees, it's never going to be perfect. But if you just give up and you don't, mm. and you don't continue helping, well then, yeah, the chaos, chaos will reign, and which is place, sort of what's happening in, in a place like Burma though. At some point, somebody's going to have to go there and kill these motherfuckers, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Burma government like for sure. Go. Yeah. 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 No, they, they 100% have to go. So, it's, it's, it's a terrible not, amount not of the case in Haiti, by the way, Haiti mm-hmm. is just a fit. There's plenty, there's a ton of good people down there. Mm-hmm. They just don't know what the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. So in the, in, in a vacuum like that, especially with standoff 
with no with no real physical border. I mean, they're on Hispaniola and shit, but there's a pretty big mountain range between them and the, the Dominican, and the mm-hmm. Dominican watches that mountain range pretty fucking closely yeah. to keep those assholes out. Mm-hmm. It's not that. They just need to be empowered to learn how to run their own government. Yeah. Burma needs kinetic warfare. They need mm-hmm. those motherfuckers have to die at some point, right? I mean, if for yeah. if for that situation to change, that's that's how it's got to be, but mm-hmm. not your job obviously, but Yeah, well, and I think also too that goes down to you know, you want to start talking about American foreign policy. You look at dude, if you just took like 10 stinger missiles maybe, like just like 10 and you brought them into Burma, you could have some agency guys go in, you know, to to personally fire them if you need to yeah. and knock out some of these aircraft like in Burma because the, the ground forces are actually able to take on the Burma mm. army, especially now over the last couple of years. The war has really shifted. But the problem is the Burma army still has air power. So they're calling in fighter jets to do, you know, strafing and bombing runs on on the freedom fighters. And then also they're bombing villages and all that stuff. So, I mean, if you could just knock out a couple of their aircraft, that would totally change the. How many aircraft uh, do they have? Oh, uh, I don't know. I would say. I would say dozens, though it's in the dozens. Like so, oh, we can. So yesterday, well, yesterday that would be pretty fucking um, easy in one weekend. Yeah, no, no, that's what I'm saying. And you, honestly, you don't even have to knock them all out. You just need to knock out like two or three of them, and then they and then they'll be too afraid to put them up in the air anymore. What would be the the conflict there? Uh, would would uh, I guess China or who would be pissed off by that if we actually well China's did it? selling the government weapons. So they might be mad that they're not selling, but it's not, it's to, apparently not to, to the Burmese army. Yeah. 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 So China, Russia, they sell stuff to them, but it, it's not going to be enough to really matter for their bank accounts. They don't, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it, that's, that's not so much the issue. The issue is more the, the, the border countries. Um, so you've got like India, Thailand, China, Laos, they all border Burma, uh, to lesser or greater degrees. So if you do want to get, if you do want to have any kind of military intervention, you have to go through those countries, right? You have to work with them. And so is India going to approve, uh, American forces going in there to cross their border illegally into Burma, you know, or will, will Thailand allow that? Will Laos allow that? I mean, you know, Thailand I might be uh, amenable to that sort of thing there. We, we do a lot of training with their special forces, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they want a bunch of chaos nearby. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, good and I don't fully understand it well enough to even, you know, know why they would or wouldn't allow that. Yeah. Certainly but. not Bangladesh. Because <laughs> no. that's a terrorist state. More yeah, they're or less. not going to do anything. Not the, not the government, but the, no. yeah. 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 Uh, well, tell people how they can find you and help out there. Yeah. So if people want to help support what we're doing, um, our website is strongholdrescue.org. And then our Instagram is you know at, uh, just at strongholdrescue. But yeah. And if people want to uh, f- support financially, like I said, we we, ha- we do sort of a subscription model where just people give a little bit every month. And uh, we do things a little different too. So we, um, we actually limit the amount that people can give per month to a dollar a day. So basically $30 a month. Because we have people who reach out to us and they say, hey, you know, I've got a hundred dollars a month I want to give to, uh, to nonprofit organizations. And uh, so what we say is like, hey, that's great. Why don't you, you know, you know, you can put, send 20 our way, but we want people to support other organizations as well. So, hey, go give 20 bucks a month to save our allies and go give 20 bucks a month to whatever else that you, that you, you know, that you care about, your local pet shelter, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so we want people to, um, we, because we know that it's, um, the, the more the more things that you're involved in, um, those those causes become nearer to your heart, and I think it leads to a, a little a little more happiness, a little more a uh, little bit better of a life. Um, and so, yeah, if people want to support us, uh, strongholderescue.org. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because they might be sending sending you to uh, New York next here. Um, the breaking news here: we got. Oh boy, uh, what do we got? What do we got? Uh, Trump uh, said he's going to be rain next week, um, <laughs> and uh, he's expected to be indicted tomorrow. 
Secret Service will make plans for his surrender and appearance in a New York court next wow. week. Uh, it wow. says 36,000 NYPD officers are in uniform and on notice for deployment. That's an interesting word to use there. After Trump called for his supporters to protest uh, his imminent indictment here. Um, I saw late last night they were putting up, uh, setting up barricades and all that stuff. Well, you can't of there. Yeah, you can't move them out of the way and let people into the Capitol unless you set them up first. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, it, it's you know you have to maintain appearances. Yeah. Do you follow uh, any of this stuff overseas? Do you follow what's going on here? Um, I, do you I, listen I, to podcasts? Like, how does that work? Yeah, I do. I do a little bit. Um, but I find the more the more that I'm at the more that I'm overseas, uh, the less the less I pay attention to stuff. But I I do get caught up on everything. So I've been I have been tracking that this this whole thing with Trump. Well, it seems like um, our so political kind of system is about to collapse, so that's good. Because our, our political, political system, system sucks. Yeah, you know? we could be on the verge of uh, something like what you're dealing with. No, no, let's, no let's we, not. We just, let's not do that. We no, would no, just no, no, revert no. to local control. That's the way our system of governance is set up. Mm. I'd, like to be the, I'd like to be king here. You mm. know, I'd like to be king of this I, little... You know, I was thinking about my first vote. Not that you want votes as king. I know I do. You still need your vote. A democratically elected king would be interesting. Wouldn't it? Like it's yeah, that, that uh, would be interesting. I like I I've said this for years now for the half decade I've been doing this, but I like the idea of a benevolent dictator. Mm-hmm. And I actually was thinking about it. I got really high last night, so these thoughts sh- should be pretty. Was coherent. that new or was that the first time? Or oh, uh, yeah, it's my first time. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I was thinking about uh, more like the Norse tradition of a warrior chieftain of some sort. But you're limited, instead of having term limits on the, on the office, you're limited by age, right? Uh-huh. So between 30 and 50, you can serve in that capacity. And then at 50, you retire. But every retired warrior chieftain sits on an advisory board, right? Okay. Mm. Essentially, uh, to advise the, the king. I think that's a good idea. That's not bad. Like I, mm. Honestly, people are like, oh, what about fucking voting and democracy? I'm like, all right, cool, man. Look, at, it's, it's not really doing really well to have a popularity contest to decide who gets to fucking rob you of your tax dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm. I just don't like, I, I'm, I'm very romantic about, uh, the, the core concepts of America, like individual liberty and shit, obviously mm-hmm. are the most important things or is the most important thing to me, but we're not really achieving it through allowing a bunch of people to vote your rights away from you whenever they feel like it, even if it's through a second party, meaning an elected official. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like this is working out really well. Yeah. Well, no. And well, it's, uh, it's getting worse by the day. Yeah. I forget, I forget which founding father was. I want to say Madison, but he said, he had some quote, I'm going to butcher it, but he said, basically our system of government is designed for a moral and religious people and is wholly inadequate to the governance of that of any else. Um, and he's like human, human, uh, passions unbridled will break through our mm. constitution like a whale through a net something like that so yeah i mean as as uh, society as as individuals devolve and start to make worse and worse decisions uh democracy stops working because democracy is, is dependent a strong democracy is is dependent on strong individuals to your yeah. point is dependent on strong individuals who understand what they're voting on who understand the issues and are also willing to um you know if they lose are willing to go along uh, with you know, uh, are willing to go along peacefully with the other side until the next time that they can vote, right? And then they can well, always always go along peacefully, but uh, wait till the next election if you got an issue. Yeah, yeah. that's not yeah. a very resilient system of government. What is it? Uh, ours, the one mm. you just described, is c- yeah. entirely reliant on people being reasonable yeah. in mass at the level. It's not scalable, right? Mm. 
Although I don't think any system of government scale. Well, that's why we. Well, yeah, it's run by humans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we intentionally try to keep government small here at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. we were like, yeah, right. What's, what's that phrase? Uh, power corrupts. Ultimate power corrupts. Ultimate or absolute, absolute, absolute power. power yeah, yep, it's like yep. yeah, that's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Let's maybe maybe we don't do that. Yeah. So that fucking big piece of land that I'm going to buy, yeah, where all of you are welcome to come hang out. Mm-hmm. I'm the king of that land. Yeah, you're gonna. Are you wearing mm. a crown though? No, you're not. Mm. That's interesting. His, his, his beard is his crown. Yeah. Well, yeah. it is and it isn't. It isn't? I saw okay. a photo, and I don't know, uh, Delco, if you want to bring that up. Delco was at a Ren fair over the weekend with Giorgio. If you can pop up the pic of uh, of Delco <laughs> there, this looks fun. Well, he was uh, he he was uh, Catholic in that. Oh, and this, was, oh, he yes, was, yes. He was a Knights Templar. Was that what it was? He was a crusader, <laughs> there basically. Is. Yeah, I'm yeah, popping yeah. up on screen. Giorgio no. was a peasant. Oh, he was, wow. So you can see Delco right there. He's on his way to murder a bunch of people in that Palestine. That looks fun. Yeah. Look yeah. Make, a couple of, make a couple of stops in fucking Germany and France on the way back to rob those assholes. Yeah. Is that you why know? you did it? Is because you are Catholic? I am Catholic, yeah. Yeah, So, but, but you picked out that particular outfit because of it? Well, it's iconic. That's an iconic look. It's a fucking crusader. It's a great look, and that's what I would have based it on, not King my religion. fucking Richard the Lionheart? Are you kidding? me yeah i would have i would have based it on my on the look not the religion to to be fair on his way back from the second crusade he was trying to steal some shit from a fucking french castle and got shot through the fucking neck with an arrow that's gonna he could have just came home he could have. and then we got Uh king john who was a total cunt yeah but we did get the robin hood story out of that Mm. which is nice which is nice we got to see kevin costner's uh Uh, no no the best (laughs) the best robin hood is the one with uh uh who's that guy that throws chairs and shit at people and telephones uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Russell, Russell, Russell Crowe. Crow. Oh, Russell yeah, Crowe. Yeah, Robin yeah, Hood yeah. movie is the best one I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, that was really. Good. It's that was good. so fucking I think good. I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, what um, were you gonna say, Bob? Yeah. I was gonna say people don't know this, but the um, the Templar uh, outfit designed by Hugo Boss. No shit. Oh shit! And they did the Nazis too. <laughs> oh yeah. Fucking Hugo Boss is God on point with those it, outfits. Dude. Well, think, look, if I'm gonna yeah. start some uh, really, really uh, good, I, I guess uh, a genocidal group. Yeah. I'm definitely going to Hugo Boss for the there outfit. You go. Yeah, are you guys having outfits on the farm? What are you going to do there? Mm. Uh, you can wear what you can wear and do whatever you want as long as you do your job. Okay. Right. All right. Mm. Like pick up trash or farm or whatever the fuck. I'm building a commune. But nobody's as I was saying. But nobody's uh, nobody has to wear the same outfits and shit. It's not like Heaven's Gate where cult, you're all wearing. No. All right, just checking. If dude. if somebody wants to have a cult. That's is their right to do that. All right. So is there a portion of the land that's going to be designated for a sex cult? Uh, I I would say if you're going to make it a sex cult, it's all the land. Okay. Right. Right? And you just want it out in the open and and, hey, enjoy yourself. Although, as I've stated, uh, I need four walls and a roof. Uh, Obviously. Obviously. Yeah, to come. Yeah, (laughs) to come. Uh, There was a movie. God, there was a movie about a commune a few years ago that came out that I really liked. It was uh, <laughs> no, it was Jennifer Aniston and Paul Rudd. Do you remember the name of this, Bob? What? It was a comedy. Um, the guys from White Out American Wonder Summer Lust. did it. That's it. Um, so it could be like that. Mm. And they all had chores, and then they all fucked each other. And uh, yeah, very similar to that. But they weren't wearing the same outfits, so I understand it. Well, these the people that uh, live on my land are going to be required to do quite a bit of training, right? Because I expect there's a fight coming at some point. So mm. you're going to sure. have to be there's. it's basically just the old um god i can't remember what the the pre-biblical reference to it is but it's referenced in the bible too it's basically if you don't work you don't eat right yeah Mm. and in this case work means defending our territory against everybody else okay are you going to expand no you're not going to expand okay but i will keep it small but i will do a 12 
part course on the internet to teach other people how to do what I do. <laughs> yeah, and it's go. going to be a master class on yeah. Facebook. Perfect. So Perfect. Perfect. No, for real, I, I've thought about that. No, I would not expand it. I don't think that's appropriate. I, I will purchase. I mean, if I want to purchase more land and I'm capable of purchasing more land, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to like violently expand. I don't think that's ever appropriate. What's the limit on humans on this land? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It depends on how much I buy, I guess. Okay. I don't know if you had an exact number in mind. Uh, that How would be too hard to control. I, I, would yeah. Have yeah. To, I would have to talk to my buddy who runs game for us to see like how much the land can provide for people. Okay. That would be the answer to that question. All right. Because I, I don't want to have to go anywhere else for water or food. Okay. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. That's fair. Uh, from now's the part of the show we get to the drinking bro of the week. Uh, obviously, you've done this before, so don't do the same one. Who would you like to give the drinking bro of the week to? Oh man, I don't remember who I did last time. I don't remember. Actually, you know what? I, I, so I've got two two drinking bros. Uh, I got I got to do two. So sure. Um, on this last trip in Burma, uh, two of the guys on my team, uh, Adam and Jason, they went and lived in the jungle and did an, an insane amount of work um, getting these jungle ambulances set up. And, um, you know, uh, risking airstrikes and risking all that and um, being out there and had great attitudes the whole time and we're happy to do it. And uh, so, yeah, those dudes are definitely the uh, the drinking bros of the week in my book. And, yeah, they deserve all the credit because I'm just one dude. I can only do a little bit. But with those guys, it's like we can 10x everything that we do because they just work, work their butts off. And, yeah, they're the best. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. We've also got a listener here in the studio. Is, are you allowed to come on up and give a drinking bro of the week out? Sure. Yeah, come on up, dude. Come on up. Look at that beard. That is majestic. Mm. My God, sir. Come over here. That is something to believe in. Wow. Look at that goddamn thing. So when, when you say a listener, what do you, what do you mean? Uh, listener of the show. You know, it listens. You, you just bring, you we, bring. Oh, we leave the doors open. So, uh, so no the rules. Kidding. Yeah, the rules here are. <laughs> I mean, so you don't shy. listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's been in Burma. You know, <laughs> little Sorry. Out of pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Don't have internet there. Uh, yeah. Put the mic about an inch from your face. There, it it moves. Right. You can go all the way up. There you go. Here we go. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. So for us, uh, all the shit you see here, the buildings and, and everything else. The only reason why we're able to do this is because of the listeners. Therefore, we leave the doors open. So if you want to come in, watch a live show, drink some hard AF seltzers, get fucked up, you're welcome to do so. And then you can give out your own drinking bro of the week. Uh, since you're here, tell everybody what your name is. Uh, my name's Rob Grabowski. Hell yeah. How long have you been yeah. listening to the show? Holy shit. Probably since 2015, 2016. Oh, damn, like dude. That. Old been school. A hot minute. Yeah, yeah, day one homie. Yeah. I like it, dude. Well. I like mm-hmm. it. Uh, you know the drill. Who'd you like to give the Drinking Bro of the Week to? Drinking Bro of the Week for me definitely goes out to uh, one of my Marines, Andrew Campbell. Okay. We still uh, keep in touch to this day. Meeting up here in a few weeks in Tennessee, actually, to do some uh, turkey hunting together. Oh, so, shit. That'll be dope. Yeah. Yeah, probably uh, snack some hard AF while I'm in, in the state over there. Oh, yeah. I've had some ship to the house, made some uh, sketchy decisions. Well, it's 8%, that. and that's going to happen. It does you know? happen. You know, <laughs> it's going to happen. Notorious for saying that it sneaks up on you, and that definitely happened. Isn't it crazy? Mm. So yeah. we're going to be in two yeah. Major League Baseball stadiums this year in a soccer stadium. I don't know that people... Uh, they're not prepared they're for They're not going to be prepared for what I'm what ready for the headlines. There's definitely going to be a yeah, few. Dude. Yeah, It's, it's going to be, be exciting. Fun. Oh, fuck yeah. It's yeah. going to be a blast. Yeah. Um, we appreciate you coming in today. For sure. Uh, you yeah. can take a case home if, if you want. Don't tempt me with a good time. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, take yeah. it. Yeah. Take it. Uh, interesting show today. Every time you come on, man, it's fascinating. And uh, I'm shocked you're alive. 
every single time. So it's because he's a goddamn superhero. I know, I know. Next time you're just lucky, just lucky. That's next it. time you're back, you're yeah. always you're always welcome here because you've got an interesting insight on the world. And again, a lot of these stories, uh, people just don't know that this is going on around the world, myself included, uh, because the media is focused on one thing, one particular narrative. Mm-hmm. They don't really give a shit about the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not sexy enough. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying. Uh, yeah, for Ukraine sure. is uh, definitely one. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the rest of it, shit, we don't hear about it unless you come back on the show. So right. you're welcome good. anytime. We appreciate it. Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate you. Having Absolutely. Me uh, go to iTunes, rate the show a five star, and leave a quick review. Also, head on over to Spotify. It's just a five star. And then you can just walk away at that point. No pressure. Dang it. Uh, and then Hard AF Seltzers, uh, we ship them right to your house, exactly like he said. And uh, you can go to the, the website, hardafseltzer.com. Click on the store locator and find one nearest you in Tennessee or Florida. And then we ship to 40 other states. For D'Anthony, D'Anthony Holloway, I'm Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros Podcast. Good night, everyone. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.